Testing, testing, one, two, three. Testing, testing, one, two, three. We are on the air. This is Thesis. Three, two, one. We are on the air. This is Thesis. Everything is everything. I am your host, Jay Marie. How's it going out there, folks? Hope you're doing well. Thank you for showing up and hanging out with us today. Coming to you live from Zombie Land. Yes, sir. Well, thank you again for showing up and hanging out with us today, checking in on us. Uh, it's been a couple days since the last time you heard from me, but we are here. We are fine. We are, we are doing well and we're chugging along. All right. Este, um, you know, um, I was thinking a lot about... You know, things that are going around on in the world at the moment, you know, and even and, and it, I can be specific about what exactly is going on. And if you're listening the, to this when it pop, when it comes on, you know, when I when it's released, then, you know, you probably have an idea of what that is. But I'm going to leave that part out because no matter what moment in history you come upon this this show and this conversation, you know, there's going to be uh, situations in the world that are tumultuous, you know, in, in third world nations, um, in different parts of the world where there's wars and all kinds, all kinds of stuff going on, right? So, we don't even have to be specific about what particular nation the, the problem is, is happening at the moment, because... Whenever you come across this, you're gonna, there's going to be problems in other nations at that point in time. Whether it's a year from now, or two or three years from now. So, I wanted to look at, I wanted to look at you know, what, what we could call like geopolitical situations around the world. Um, but kind of through the eye of the thesis a little bit. Because, you know... When, when we look at uh, America, you know, we look at how successful America has been. And, you know, we can trace back, uh, you know, America is a young country, right? It's 250 years old, basically. And uh, it, it's a fresh start. When you look at, uh, through historical terms, it's a fresh start, you know. Even though with the natives and stuff, you know, th but there wasn't no, no prior bonds of... Of feudalism or crowns or anything like that in the Americas, you know, it was like a an opportunity for the world to to have a fresh start, right? So, but but let's look at modern times, right? So we look around the world and we see some places that are just always seems to, uh, you know, in certain places where there always seems to be hunger, there always seems to be. Tyrants. There's always seems to be warlords and politicians and, uh, you know, rotten politicians and presidents and kings and terrorist groups and all this stuff, right? All over the world in different parts of the world. You know, so then I start thinking, I start looking at, at, at society, right? At society here in America, but then also start looking at the different types of societies around the world. You know, we, there's a concept that a lot of people think like, okay, so we, we try to bring democracy to, to places around the world. And it's succeeded in some instances, you know, in Japan, uh, in South Korea. There's a lot of places where, where democracy has succeeded. 
you know, uh, we're not the arbiters of, of, of international law or anything like that. But when you are, when you have power, there does come some responsibility with that power, you know. You know, when we look at the his, the, when we look at world history, we can see that when, when someone or a nation or a, or a group of nations gains enough power, they can really turn the world upside down. In the, so power in the wrong hands can be very dangerous, very tumultuous to to mankind, and for future generations to come. You know, so as I was thinking about what we were going to talk about, you know, I turn on the news and we see, and it's heartbreaking, you know, what's going on. You know, liberty, people, people want liberty. They get a taste of liberty and, um, you know, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking because we can, we, we know what liberty is. You know, liberty is going to the store and having shelves full of food. Different, so many different choices of of cereal and so many different choices of cheese and whatever products you're looking for that is a result of liberty right but like how does this how does a society get to a place like that how do we in america well we can look in historical terms we can look at the time at the timeline and we can see but because we're a young nation but how does a people how does a nation how does a how does you know, a community, a tribe, or whatever. How do they come from? How do they go from total destruction and bad ways to something, you know, good to what like we have here in America? It's very hard when you think about it. You know, you if you if you kind of look at segments of the populations, or you know, try to look at different ideologies or ideals of the people in the different regions. Maybe you can get a maybe we can get a, a a snapshot of of what some of these problems where some of these problems lie. You know, because how could it be that certain areas, certain regions of let's say uh, Africa, for the past whatever since after World War II, haven't had some areas haven't had stable governments. You know, there's warlords, there's slaughters, there's there's all kinds of stuff that goes on in certain nations, and not not only particularly in Africa, but the you know we can look at something like that and say like, what is it? What is it about this region, these people, this? Why is it that that they can't um, get along with each other, for the lack of a better term? You know. Because when we when we look at it, <clears throat> when we can get along with each other, then we can progress, true progress, you know. If people aren't fighting with each other, if there's no warlords trying to take over this part of the uh, of the nation or this part of the town because of whatever interests that they have, whatever warlord interests they may have, you know. I've always wondered about that, you know, because we we America has has tried to bring, you know, some of these western ideals into certain parts of the world and it just doesn't never it never seems to click with certain folks in certain parts of the world for whatever reason for whatever reason you know but philosophically if we deconstruct and dig a little bit we'll get a, a picture of maybe why in certain regions 
some of these things, um, you know, like like democracy, let's say. When, I don't want to talk specifically about democracy, but like some, when some of these ideas like democracy can't flourish, you know. Why can't, why can't these ideas like democracy flourish in certain areas, right? And, and I've, I've thought a lot about that over the years. But as I, as I seen what's been going on lately, as the, I started trying to focus in a little bit on how we can look at this situation that's happening now, but not just, not just in the context of what's happening now, but in the context of other instances that have happened in the past or that may still happen in the future. Right, so, so there's a concept that um, what Thomas Hobbes called um, the the civil society. Thomas Hobbes was a philosopher, and the civil society is like, I mean, just basically what it what it explains, you know, because mankind in its natural state <clears throat> is a uh, you know when they're in tribes and they're very independent. But even like in a tribe, they have a, uh, they've come to an agreement um, of, of, to have some sort of governance system. There's an elder or there's, you know, different tribes might have different ways of doing things, right? But in, in, the, state of, in the state of nature, man in its most um, individual form is on his own. But when you start forming um, tribes, when you start forming cities or towns, or whatever, you have to come to an agreement with the other participants in that group, in that town, that, hey, we're going to abide by these set of standards. We're going to abide by these set of rules, right? So, so when people can come to an agreement, you know, they have a police officer, they have a sheriff. So they've come to an agreement that says, okay, look, we're not going to take the law into our own hands. We're going to delegate that power to a sheriff. We're going to delegate that power to a police department, right? So when we come to an agreement like that in society, that's almost like an example of the civil society. You know, it's almost like um, it, it's an agreement. It's an open agreement, but amongst each other, almost unwritten. You know, when, when, when people um, actually when when areas get incorporated into the state or into the county or whatever then it is a legal process right este, and i think um i think it's i think it's it's something like that but without the le without the actual stamping of a legal contract or form you know in its purest form when we come together we agree that we're going to behave in a certain manner you know so that gives us a snapshot of what civil society is or the civil society is. When individuals, um, individual families, individual uh, groups uh, um, or, or even clans, tribes can, can um, get along with the next group of people or the next individuals, you know. Because they've come to an agreement of, of peace or, um, you know, whatever, whatever agreements people come to in society, in nature, you know, food. There's going to have to be food. Somebody's going to have to grow food. Somebody's going to have to hunt. So these responsibilities get delegated, you know, as cities grow, as towns grow, in its, in its mind you, in its most natural state, you know. 
because where we are now is, a, is an accumulation of hundreds of years of progress to where we are now. You know, we look at the machinery that exists at the moment. We look at the companies that exist at the moment, the agreements, Walmarts, trucks, deliveries. We see all these things. These things didn't get built overnight. You know, these things didn't happen overnight. There is not one person who can make these millions of different moving parts happen. These things happen in a natural form and they accumulate year after year after year. If the society, if the system and um, um, is, is at a point to where... <clears throat> so earlier when I was, when I was saying that when, we, when, when groups can get along with each other, when different people can get along with each other, that, that peace and that bonding between the people allow for true progress to happen. Because now, you know, it, it's not going to matter what color the person's skin is if he's farming meat or growing corn or whatever they do. An ironsmith, I need to build something for my machinery. The color of the person's skin or his background or what tribe he comes from has the least amount of importance compared to the task at hand, let's say. But see, it takes many individuals behaving in a unified standard of accepted behavior in that town, in that you know, city, in that region, in that tribe, whatever. It takes a uniform standard of behavior. You know, because when we, when we um, can, when we all act similar, right, properly and similar, then we're more comfortable in knowing that the person I'm dealing with isn't going to rob me, let's say, or pull a sham on me or whatever, right? Because we can trust and agree on each other's words and trust and agree that this person that I'm speaking to or this person that I'm about to do business with um, has uh, his mind and his heart in a proper place to where he's not going to try to pull something on me, you know. That's, that's an individual responsibility that, that falls upon each and every one of us, right. So along the chain, if there's a link of a person who's looking to rob, who's looking to steal, who's looking to pull some fast one on people or whatever, you know, like the rotten apple, you know. So the, the more percentage of people in a society that, that are behaving in a common standard behavior, you know, a standard practice of behavior, the better off that society will be. Because it becomes, um, people's, beha um, people's behavior is predictable. I can, I can predict that, you know, while I'm walking down the street, somebody isn't just going to come up to me and hit me, you know, in my neighborhood. I can predict that because I see my I see my neighborhood. I see the crime rate, let's say. I see my neighbors. I know my neighbors. You know, I know the people down the street. So all these different um, parts of it, you know, will show me that, okay, I can trust walking down the street without worrying about this particular thing, right? A step now. We all know that in, in certain areas, certain parts of town, certain parts of the world or whatever, it's a very different story, right? So if we break it down, it's like, so if, if, if in your neighborhood, wherever you live, you know, 
in my neighborhood, your neighborhood, wherever you live, if you can walk down your neighborhood without worrying about being beat up or robbed or jacked or whatever, then you can assume, it is, it is safe to assume that the majority of the people in your area, in your community, have their thoughts, their minds, their hearts in a pretty decent place because they're not going around robbing each other. The crime rate is low. People respect each other. You know what I'm saying? But if it's if it's not that, if you're if in your area it's not that, you worry when you go to your car, you worry when you go to the store. If it's not that, then what that would let us know is that there is a higher percentage of people in your area that you live in your community in your neighborhood that don't have their hearts and their minds and, and all of that in the right place. Why? Because there's a high crime rate. There's, they're out there robbing each other. They're out there doing whatever. Listen, we're philosophers here. You know, we look at, we look at the situation, whatever situation we present ourselves with, we look at it and we got to dissect it to get a better understanding. Right? An ignorant mind would say, would easily go to our oh, color of the skin of the people. No, it's about behavior, individual behavior, how we behave with each other. If more people in my neighborhood are robbing each other, beating up each other, whatever, because they're in gangs or because they're selling drugs or whatever, that's going to bring up the crime rate in my neighborhood. And then those bonds, those friendly bonds that should be happening between neighbors, where we look out for each other, where we watch out for each other, where we help each other, those bonds get, get torn apart. Because of the violence, because of the, um, you know, because of not knowing what to expect day after day from your neighbors, from the people down the street, from the people in your community, right? So that's a microscopic, that's a microscopic picture, right? Look in your neighborhood, what well, we just explained right now. That's a microscopic picture of what happens in cities or in nations, right? So when we think about Certain cities in America, or, or any place across the world, you know, it's it's just it's that it's that same picture, but in a macro level. You know, the higher percentage of people doing good or doing bad is what's going to tell you, you know, what you need to know about that place. So, so we look at. We look around the world, right? And we look at some of these places where where it seems like for whatever reason democracy can never work. Right? It can never work. They can try, but for whatever reason, you know. I think it comes back to to what we were just talking about. The, the the more prepared I am, right, as an individual, and, and let's look at you look at yourself also. The more prepared you are as an individual, strength, mind, body, physique, health, aesthetic, <clears throat> your soul, everything, right? The more prepared you are, uh, the more um, you know. In Spanish, we say listos, right? You're you're prepared. You're ready. People can't pull stuff over on you. You know what's going on. You got your life and your thoughts and your mind in order, you know. The more of people that are like that, it's the around you will say, okay, this is a good people, you know, plural. 
because they all do what they have to do. You know, um, in Plato's Republic, you know, him and his homeboys were talking about um, a theoretical city. They're looking at a city and what do we need and laws and who's going to run it and what kind of, you know. So they're looking at a theoretical city and they're trying to figure out who's going to do what, what kind of people, you know, and all that. Este, and when you, when, you, when you look at it and you go through it, you know, este, you can see that he was trying to explain the different segments of the population. You know, some he would call like the warrior class, which eventually become guardians like uh, army people, you know, soldiers, police officers, those type of people, the guardian class. Why? Because all their life they were taught and they were brought up to be, you know, um, sheepdogs or, or, you know, to protect the sheep, you know, to protect the herd. So he saw the different classes. Then he saw the, the political class, the, those who, who lead and who make laws and all that, you know. Then he saw the different class systems of, of, of those who work, the regular workers, and then like, you know, in, in, in those terms they have the slave, which was way back in the day, was like the lowest, you know, class, you know indentured servants, all of that. Este, but he only had like, I think it was four different class systems. But, but when we look at society, we, we can see, look, in America, we don't have class systems. But, but in civil society, you, you see the different, um, that's the thing is that it, it's not a class, but you fall into, you know, there's workers. There's people who work and that's all they do. That's all they're concerned about is working all their lives. That's the working class. You know, then we do have those who are uh, like protectors, you know, those who join the armies and the navies and those things. You know, we do have the warrior class, you know, it's the, and we all we all find a way to um, we all find a way to exist among each other, you know, but because of because of a fundamental, you know, some sort of fundamental bond that holds us all together even though we're we're not all in the same family or related right somewhat you know plato had the what he called the big lie was uh, that that we were all brothers and sisters you know Este, but uh, uh, but aside from that Este, you know, so the different the different class systems in society they they just develop you know and uh, so then we look at, okay, well, like, so when we think of leader, leadership, you know, when we think of political leadership or even just leadership in your family, like in the neighborhood, in the community, right? What kind of people should we look towards to lead the flock, to lead the people, right? Well, well, we would hope that this person that we look towards as the, you know, is intelligent in some ways that knows, you know, uh, some things that, that, has some sort of wisdom, right? In your life, think of somebody that you look up to, that you look to, that you look towards, you know, when you have a problem, when you have issues that you need solved, you know, when you have something that you need help with. Think in your mind, that person that, that, that you look towards all the time, you know, is that that person, without being in a position of power, if let's say they aren't in a position of power, a, a you know, any kind of power, what we would say, in society, as the, 
You look to them for their leadership. The regular guy, the regular Joe, whoever he is, a co-worker, uh, a friend in the neighborhood, an old friend or whatever. You look to them for wisdom. You look to them for leadership. So, so there's something about that person that you look to that that kind of that kind of mag, uh, magnetic, uh, I don't know, like attracts. Something about that person attracts you to them. But not attraction in a physical way, like, oh, I like the way she looks, or I like the way he looks. No. Attraction into where you go to them because of their wisdom, because of their experience, because of their words or the love or whatever it is, the reason that you go to them. Right? So, we can say that that person that you look towards, that person is a leader. Even if he doesn't know it, even if that person doesn't know it. Because whatever it is, whatever it is about this person that attracts you to go to that person for advice, for whatever it is, Esteem, that person has, has a gift of, of leadership, of, a quality of leadership. Right? And, and there's, there's, there's few people out there. In your family, in your neighborhood, in your community that you could probably think of. I could think of a few. You know, in my, in my immediate circle. You know, so, so imagine the more of us. Imagine if there was more of that person. Imagine if there was more of that person. Him, her, whoever that person is that you look up towards. If there was more of them in our immediate circle or in our neighborhood or in our community or whatever imagine the difference of things right if there was more of that around us you know in in you know when we when we think of religion when we look at religion as the it's almost like when we look at religion it's almost like it's, it's two opposite diametrical or whatever forces. Good, evil. Light, darkness, right? God, the devil. You know, these terminologies humans make up, um, we use these terminologies to, to help us organize our thoughts. In a, so when we think of the devil, you know, evil. Whatever evil is, however evil arises, wherever evil exists, evil, the devil, you know, God, the good, right? So as humans, we have the ability to make choices, individual choices, um, you know, about what we want to do, on how we behave, where we want to go. Right? How we react to somebody saying something. Whatever. Right? I have the, the, the choice and the freedom of will to, to decide how I'm going to react. How I'm going to respond. What am I going to say? What am I going to do? I like getting along with people. I, I absolutely dislike arguing. I hate fights. 
I dislike arguing. I don't like it one bit. I, I prefer a smile, a good, a good time, peaceful time. I prefer that. But, you know, when we look at society here, we can see that there seems to have been a, a breakdown in the fabric of that which has held us together for so long. The individual behavior of, of millions of people who have chosen to do bad, who have chosen to disrespect each other, who have chosen to do evil in the world, no matter how big or how small. You know, we have neighborhoods in America that are bad. Like, if you're not from that neighborhood, you could die. <laughs> like, for real. I mean, this is legit. We all know that. It's, it's out, you know. And I'm sure it's the same across the world. Right? So, the more people in a specific area that don't got their thoughts in order, that don't got their hearts in order, that don't got their, their minds and their souls right, you know, the more people in a certain area that, that are concerned with, with things that probably aren't beneficial to each other, you know, the more concentration of those type of people in a specific area will make that place rotten. You know, I look at, um, You know, the, a, 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 a fundamental standard of behavior. A, a fundamental acceptable standard of behavior. Where you love each other. You know, no matter what tribe you come from. No matter what region you come from. No matter what skin color you are, right? A universal standard of behavior that we can all be a part of. You know? I don't want to rob anybody. I don't... I don't need to rob anybody you know I make I make good money you know people out here we work for a living we, we work for a future we earn a living but there's folks out there who who don't think that way there's folks out there who will break into your house there's folks out there who will pull a knife on you who will pull a gun on you okay now now, now Let's go across the world to some of these places where there's starvation. In the, 20, in the 21st century, where are we, 21st century? In the 21st century, there is still hunger in the world. With solar power and all these technologies, cell phone, all these technologies, you're telling me that there's still hunger in the world? How could that be? How could it be that certain places in the world are so filled with poverty and disease and destruction? How could it possibly be it's the 21st century? We've been, to the, we've been to the moon. We've been to Mars. We've been to the furthest edges of space. And you're telling me that in, in Africa and in, in, in different parts of the world <clears throat> that there is still hunger? We still have hunger in the world. We still have slavery in the world. Oh yeah, it still exists. Yeah. All over the Middle East, there's slaves all over the Middle East. You might not have heard about it because they got you thinking of other things or you're thinking of other things that have no importance. 
How could it possibly be that there are still starving people in the world? I know how it could be. The failure of the prior generations to whatever area in the world that there is, the prior generations failed the current generation. And depending on how bad the situation is, that, that failure goes back generational, generation after generation. Because their fundamental principles are all out of whack. Whatever they may be, whatever religion, whatever fundamental ideals, whatever. If they don't align with nature, if they don't align with nature's laws, with nature's governance, they're not going to succeed. They're, gonna, they're set up for failure. They're never going to progress. And it shows because you can, look, you can look at certain places in the world and look at the timeline. There has been no progress whatsoever. Why? Why, I ask. Because whatever doctrine they follow, whatever principles they follow, whatever principalities, whatever religions they follow, are set up wrong. That's it. There's not a judgment on any particular. It's wrong. If you find your balance with nature, with the laws of nature, with the laws of the universe, your family, your tribe, your town, your city, your nation will succeed. If you find your balance and you align yourself with those laws, with those rules of the universe. Fight. Defend your people. Defend your cities. War will always exist. You know, the Jewish people have it right. It's in their blood to be fighters. They understand that's a philosophical thing. You, if your nation is to survive, if your people are to survive, you need to have the hearts of warriors. That's it. You need to have the hearts of warriors. And then you fight and let the chips fall where they may. You don't run and cower in the face of death and rape. You know, that's what makes the difference. This is, a, this, is what, this is one of the huge differences of what America is to compare to any other nation in the world. Any other nation in the world. Because in America, it is, it is in our DNA. We are cowboys. We are ready for a fight. We, 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 we wish somebody would. And they know that. Our enemies across the world know that. They know that if they ever step onto our land, it will be the biggest mistake of their lives. That is why our nation has progressed as far as it has. That is why we are, have been preserved as far as, as we have. Because there is a, a, a fundamental ethic, ethos about being American. About fighting and that spirit of liberty. That doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. You can give these people, wherever they may be. You can give them a taste of hope when they see what is possible with liberty.
but that ability to fight that ability to defend themselves it's much it has to come from somewhere deep it's much more ingrained in the dna of the people how could it possibly be that some of these areas have warlord type people with guns and they massacre and they murder and but then the other people just surrender they just man fight man fucking fight you fight you know in plato's republic um in his theoretical city you know when he was thinking about this warrior class you know he was saying he was saying our warrior class we need to train them when they were since they're little you know because like any other profession you know uh, uh, um an ironsmith you know a potter when the child is is starting to grow up they become like apprentice you know and they start learning the trade yeah, let me show you how to you know let me show you how to make this iron works let me show you how to make this pottery right you're showing your child they become apprentice at a young age so in Plato's Republic he's saying look this warrior class we're gonna have to start teaching them at a young age they're gonna be going um, you know it's a theoretical thing but he says we're gonna send them out on on um, you know on, on, at battles they're gonna sit back and watch the soldiers down there fight battles or whatever so they can learn so they can experience it you know so in in the theoretical city he said this warrior class is they're young they're gonna be taught how to be warriors you know and then we look at the Hebrews right we look at the the Jewish people and uh, throughout their history too since they've been conquered since they've been slaved since they've been taken over so many times throughout history it's become part of their DNA also to be this warrior class of people it's that so so they know and they, they the women everybody 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 in Israel fights. Everybody has to sign up for the for the army. Everyone. It's part of the DNA, right? So back to Plato. He says when when they're young we're going to teach them, right? So when they're older they're going to be ex experienced already in battle. Right? You know, I brought up um I brought up once a long time ago that um that we, you know, we grew up in the inner city, you know, um, when we were growing up here in Dallas, you know, it, it had the highest murder rate in America. You know, the gangs and the drugs and everything, it was crazy. Instead, but I had, I had brought up once that, um, that we have gotten our, we've gotten our training like in the streets, you know, being in gangs. That's how we learn how to shoot guns. That's how we learn how to how to load guns. You know how to fight, how to whatever in the streets, right? At a young age. You know, and then then of course, in in civil areas of the nation, kids don't have gangs and stuff, right? In more areas where people got their stuff in order, you know. But but so so how you know? So if we're looking at this through, let's say, like Plato's eyes of of training. The young generation into being a warrior class, right? So in the hoods, we have warrior class all day long, right? Because we're at it at each other's throats since we were young or whatever. So in the, in the hoods, they're taken care of. But what about other parts of the nation, let's say, right? So so we look at video games. We look at the uh, the shirt, the shoot 'em up games, the 
the uh, Call of Duties or whatever. I don't know if you know this, but the sight, the sighting in the game is simulation. You know, so un unbeknownst to to the younger generation, they are being trained on how to fire weapons accurately. <laughs> you might say, "What the fuck?" Hey, warrior class, baby. If your nation is to survive, you gotta have a warrior class. But that, if if the majority of your population has that warrior DNA spirit in them, then you're gonna be your population, your society is gonna be better off. You know. So you know, um, as I was going over, I'm always going over Plato's Republic, but. You know, that was one of the things that jumped out to me recently uh, when I was listening to it um, because I started thinking about, you know, the gaming, you know, all the young, young men, young kids, young boys, they love these shooting games and they play the shit out of them and they're being trained and that's fine with me. <laughs> that's fine with me because we are a warrior class. We have that warrior class and we will defend our territory and our land and our nation when called upon. Definitely. So that spirit, that spirit of preservation, that spirit of liberty, that spirit of warrior, you know, classism, whatever you want to call it. You know, it's, it exists amongst the people here in America, amongst our neighborhood. I could think of my homies down the street there. You know, gats all over the place, all around us. Right, that warrior class, that warrior spirit, but also mixed in with liberty because we have freedom to do whatever we want, basically. Other, uh, you know, as long as we don't hurt each other, and in a civil way, getting along with each other, no matter what color we are, whatever. You know, I live in the hood, so many of my neighbors are African American. We all get along great, you know. So. So all of these things are like little pieces of the puzzle of to what it is that makes society a society good or bad, right? The majority of the people that are good makes a, a, a society good, right? Same thing. So we look across the world. We look at every other nation, not every other nation, but we look at many other nations across the world and we can see, okay, why is it that in this specific area, XYZ always happens? Or XYZ will never happen, you know, democracy, whatever. Right? Why? Because something about the people there, something about what they worship, something about their fundamental ideals and principles that they align themselves with is not correct. Because if they were correct, they wouldn't... They wouldn't have the problems that they would. They would be food. They wouldn't be starvation. Society would be orderly if, if and when the society adapts a, a standard form of behavior. A common standard acceptable form of behavior that's acceptable for everybody. And until... Not until they can do that, the majority of the people in any area of the world, in any city, in any nation, around the world, not until the majority of the people get their things in order, that society will not progress. There needs to be more and more people 
in these societies willing to break free from the generational chains or whatever it is that's holding them back. Whatever it is that's holding them back. Because there's different situations throughout the world. You know, there's going to be, to break free from that, there's no, there's, no, there's no one formula. There's no one perfect formula that you can put out to people and say, follow this and you'll be free and your society will, you know. There's some stuff that works really good and if they try it, you know, but not until the people desire the change. They desire the change in their society. But until they desire the change in their hearts, because each one of us, each one of us, you know, is a node in that society. And if we're all rotten, or the more, the more of us are rotten, the majority of us are rotten, then our society is going to be rotten. Our tribe is going to be rotten. Our city, our nation is going to be rotten. The more of us in society that give up, the more of us in society that don't care about the future, the more of us in society who say, screw it, who don't respect women, who don't respect our neighbors, who don't respect you know, people because of the color of their skin, who don't respect people because of their religious ideals. The more of us that are like that, the worse off our society is going to be. And we can look at it. We can open our eyes and see it. So, if you open your eyes, if you look around your town, your city and whatever, and you see desmadre, then the highest percentage probability is that there's a high... Uh, there's a higher percentage of people in your neighborhood, in your area, that are fucking shit up. That don't got their lives in order. That's what it is. That's what it is. We're philosophers here. We look at things in their purest form. That's it. Not about skin color, not about none. It's about individual behavior. It's about individual people making individual choices on whether to treat each other good or bad. That's what it is. One at a time. You look at the world and you see some of these places and you say, how could this possibly be? How could it possibly be happening? Well, the only people to blame are themselves. In whatever situation they may find themselves in, is because of the failures of the prior generations. Our failures today will affect future generations, are going to affect your children. My failures today will affect my children and their grandchildren. Same happens in a nation. Same thing happens in a nation. The failures of the past result in what's going on today. So if things are good, then that means people did a, a pretty decent job before you. And it is up to you to continue doing that good job going forward to guarantee the same thing for your children. You know, I, I had this thought. 
you know, um, the Jewish people, they, had, they made a covenant with God, right? Whatever, whatever this means, right? A covenant with God. What is this? It's like a deal. You, you made an agreement with God. What is God? God is what is, what was, and what will be. It's like making a covenant. It's like making a deal with the past, the present, and the future. My behavior today, you know, will affect the future. And then if we move in time, then my behavior in the past affects where I am today and will and could affect the, the future. When you make a covenant with what is, what was, and what will be, you're saying, I will do my best to conserve what is good right now, you know, to work towards what is good tomorrow, and to preserve it for future generations to come. I will do my best in my own home, in my own job, in my own family, in my own tribe, in my own way. I will do my best. To preserve what we have today. So my children won't suffer the way, you know, children suffered in prior generations or that they may suffer in future generations. We could look across the world and see children suffering right now. Why are they suffering? Because of the failures of the, of the prior generations in their, in their nation, in their land, in their tribes or whatever. That is why we do what we do here. Because we are trying to preserve what is good. We are trying to preserve what is right. But it all starts with ourselves. If I'm rotten and you're rotten and she's rotten and they're rotten and we're all rotten. We only got ourselves to blame. We can't be crying. We can't be pointing the fingers at other people or whatever. We only have ourselves to blame. You know, we have been put in charge of something. This society that we exist in, that we live in. It didn't start yesterday. It didn't start. It's a buildup of so much year after year of progress. And building upon good, upon good, upon good to get to where we are now. We, our duty is to preserve that for the future generations by doing what is right inside my heart, inside my mind, and outside of myself. By being the best person that I could be to everyone around me. By educating myself so that I can see when somebody's trying to uh, pull a fast one over. So I can see when the politician is lying. So I can see when the priest or the whoever is trying to guide someone wrong. So I can see uh, when someone asks me for help so I can see it clearly. I have to work on myself. I have to make sure my vision is clear. So I can help others. But that's just me. Same with you out there. You can make so much of a difference in the world. If you just start with yourself. If you desire change in your heart. Work towards it. Work towards it. And, and, and all together. All together we'll make society better. At least here in our world, here in our nation. But even still, even still, we can affect, we can affect other nations by our behavior, by our common standard of behavior, our principles of love. We can change the world. And then these places, it's going to take time. These places aren't going to change overnight. They are not going to change overnight. 
the reason they are where they are right now is because of the generations before. So it's not going to change overnight. But we can be an example. Just like you can be an example in your neighborhood, in your city, in your job, at your school. You can be an example. We can be an example as a nation. Let's be an example as a nation to the rest of the world. Let's love each other. Let's help each other. So that they can see us and say, we want to be like them, but here. And they can build their nations up. The civil society is a good thing. But it starts with individuals wanting to do good. Wanting to be good. That's where it starts. That's where it starts. Start there. Start there. Want to change the world? Start there. Folks around the world, start there. Aren't, these nations around the world, our nations are all jacked up. Change yourself. The rest will happen. Alright? Alright. Alright. Alright, guys. Well, I... Um, I uh, thank you. I hope you. Uh, <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. I I want to thank you guys. I hope uh, you enjoyed that as much as I did. As the, I the time just flies so so fast. So you know it's, it's kind of a shame that, but it's fine because because it's, it's the message of what's important. Okay. So uh, I want to thank you guys for checking in on us today, and I hope you enjoyed that. And if you did, and you are new to the show, please hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to us. Esther, because uh, we don't put out content every day. So you might you want to hit the subscribe button, check back on us soon. You know, it might be a week, it might be a couple weeks, you know, but it's okay. We're working on some good stuff. I already got some, uh, I already got some interviews lined up. This is legit, for real, so this is going to happen soon. Um, we're working on that, getting all that together, getting some new gear, some new tech. Esther, I want to thank you guys for... Uh, checking in on us on our face on our Facebook uh, page, plenty of videos there, a lot of clips. You can interact with us. Uh, our email is in the description. All the links and everything you need are in the description of the show. Again, if you like what you heard, please tell your friends. This is what the thesis is all about. This is what it's all about. It's about bettering ourselves in order to better the world around us. Okay, guys. All right. Uh, let me see. In the meantime, please. I like you. I would like you to stay safe out there as to keep on the path that you are on. Keep working on yourself, educating yourself, keep being the best person that you can be so we can change this world for the better. Okay? Uh, email, description, all of that. Sub uh, subscribe, check back soon, all of that. Okay, good guys. I love you. Stay safe. Um, that's it. Peace out. This is. Thesis.